Welcome to Sidebar, the uh, bite-sized nuggets, treats from... Uh, Fun-size Halloween candies. Yeah, from Stubbers. Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. Uh, I'm I'm Andy Leonati. I'm joined by Veda Himetha. Hello. Hello. Laura Temi and Joe Fabush are busy destroying texts for the Secret Service. Um, so they yeah. Also, Laura just doesn't like sports. <laughs> this is like vaguely sports adjacent, isn't it? It's sports adjacent in, in, in a way. It's sports okay. adjacent, and it's even adjacent to the fake sports that I like because right. I am a pro wrestling fan. Um, but Laura is a thespian, and you would think she would be a fan of the theatrics that is involved in WWE. The, what are they yeah, calling it yeah. nowadays? They've changed the names so many times. The E, not the F. Yep. As they said in 2001, get the F out. <laughs> uh. So what are we talking about in relation to wrestling, Andy? You want to get into so, it? So, yeah, we have a case of uh, another nice case of what not to do. These famous people learn lessons the hard way, and then we pass tips on to you so you don't make the same boneheaded mistakes. Just in case you wanted to follow in the footsteps of celebrities. Yeah. So today we got Kane Velasquez, Velasquez, who was not on my radar until this happened at all. So who is he, Andy? He is a former UFC heavyweight champion who has also made some pro wrestling appearances with WWE and has also been doing some professional wrestling in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start at the end because it's kind of the weirdest way to go through this case. (laughs) This is a weird weird one. He has sued... A man who he claims Mm -hmm. molested his four-year-old son. And this man is this Harry Goularte? Is that how you say it? Boy, I... Sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with Goularte. Harry Harry Goularte worked at (laughs) his mother and stepfather's childcare business. And he has been arrested for... Let me get the name of the charge right. Felony charges of child molestation. As far as the allegations go, he spent, he was living living in the house, in the same house that this childcare business was running out of. He okay. also, quote, worked there, his his mom's business. And is that is that not weird to like have the childcare workers like live in the business? Well, I guess the kids aren't living there, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I am from a small town, and uh, many okay. many a child care businesses are run out of people's homes. Um, oh, okay. But, like, we're talking... We're talking... We're not talking formal daycare. We're talking... We're t- yeah, we're talking... I've seen this. Quote, I've, daycare. Quote, unquote, daycare. Not... Right. Yeah. I've totally been, a, as a child, like, in this yes. service myself in Kentucky, 100%. Yes. Okay. So this is not an official, like, some kind of, like, school I don't thing. think so. Um, okay, okay. And and anyway. Harry Goulart was apparently allowed to spend time alone with a bunch of children on the mm-hmm. property, and I don't think we need to get into the nitty-gritty there. But needless to say, one of those kids was Cain Velasquez's four-year-old son. And so Cain Velasquez has sued Harry Goulart, who is facing felony charges. So to back up there, did Cain Velasquez sue before or after? Okay, this hairy guy, Mm -hmm. this hairy guy, alleged molester. Was he ever prosecuted by the government? And and if so, was that before or after Cain Velasquez? 
he was arrested, pled not guilty, and released on a uh, recognizance bond, mm-hmm. which are you know is what it's essentially a form of bail. You don't have you don't have to pay bail. You're yeah. released from prison on the promise that you will make your court date. So he wasn't imprisoned and then released on recognizance. No. Because that's the thing, too. Yes. That's no, this too. is... So he, this is before he was... Yeah, just mm-hmm. no bail. Uh, he was just released on a personal recognizance bond. Got it. And Got it. so here's where the story gets wild. Before Cain Velasquez sued Harry Goulart, he allegedly tried to kill him. Yeah. And, and before we get into <laughs> that, timeline here is... He allegedly does something, gets arrested, gets released pending his trial. And while he's released pending trial, mm-hmm. that's when yes. Kane decides to go Batman. Yes. According to Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office in, um, in California, Velasquez allegedly pursued Goulart and his stepfather through a more than 10-mile a vehicular pursuit through San Jose with a with a semi-automatic yep. and he fired hit their truck and fired into the truck he hit their truck with his vehicle and then yeah and then fi- used a 40 caliber semi-automatic handgun to shoot into um the car uh, Goulart was not hit the stepfather was hit in the shoulder and and, and he was injured but nobody nobody died but he is now mm-hmm. facing uh, attempted murder charges Right. Yes. That makes sense. And then all this is while potentially the criminal justice system could have handled it. Yes. We hope. And then, okay, and then so he took it into his own hands, vigilante justice. Failed. Failed. Presumably Kane is now his own criminal defendant because of Mm -hmm. trying this. But then, that aside, he's trying to sue Harry. Yes. He is now in, in civil yes. Court? He is now suing Harry Goulart on behalf of his son in mm-hmm. civil court. Yes, after right. the uh, okay, so much going yeah, on here. because he had a more uh, recent uh, at his at a recent court date. Velasquez was not allowed to be in the courtroom uh, for Harry for Harry Goulart's uh, la- latest uh, appearance. And uh, for for Harry's own trial. Yes. Yes. Right? Interesting. Yes. And interesting because that because he would pose a was it because he would pose a threat to Harry? As as Harry Goulart's attorney said, you can't get shot at virtually. OK, wait, 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 wait. Is Kane behind bars right now? Yes. So then couldn't he just come in handcuffs? into Harry's trial like any other criminal defendant does know. at any other court proceeding that would okay that's that's a little bit mind-blowing <laughs> that, that that that's because that's the thing that criminal defendants do all the time they show up to their own court in handcuffs in orange jumpsuits yeah. right so you think that he'd be able to do that the irony is that now Harry that Kane is behind bars and, and Harry is that is yep so they kind of flipped yeah I mean Friday moment. the the ultimate Irony of all this is that now Cain Velasquez faces a potential prison sentence of more than tw- of more yeah. than twenty years, and because what he did is much more serious of a sentence. And Harry, and Harry Goulart is looking at a handful of years if he's found guilty. That's, that's nuts. <laughs> okay, so this implicates a lot of things uh, of all kinds of civil and criminal procedure. And one thing it brings to mind is 
this maybe pattern of vigilante justice, some, some, some folks in the legal community are highlighting what they think of as a pattern in vigilante mm. justice. And I don't know if that's the case, but they'll point to examples of things like, well, in the context of all this abortion talk, you guys might be familiar, we've talked before about Texas's abortion statute. Um, the Texas law doesn't even have a state enforcement responsibility provision, which is the traditional way that laws are enforced, laws of any type, especially criminal ones. But instead, the Texas statute law authorizes private citizens to enforce the abortion ban because they can sue the people who perform abortions and anyone who aids and abets. So mm-hmm. like, not not even just not even just the doctor in the medical facilities, but like your neighbor, uh, a family member, a cab driver. So very broad. And if the lawsuit is successful in showing that the ban was violated, the person that is suing can collect money, like ten mm-hmm. grand. So it's almost like a bounty, That's a bounty, right? It's like allowing bounty hunters. Yep. Yeah. So so there's that, but the, which most people are familiar with, maybe. And it's been compared to it's been compared to the Fugitive Slave Act, which is obviously no longer a thing, but when it was, it imposed a like five hundred dollar penalty. But um, more recent examples that are, you know, like still at play are a bunch of sort of bathroom bill related laws. So Tennessee, I think I was trying to pass a bill uh, authorizing teachers to sue schools that allowed transgender students to use bathrooms that were in line with their gender identity in Florida, similarly. Um, And then also similarly, like there's pending bills, I think, in, in some states that would authorize parents to sue schools who discuss critical race theory or outside speakers who come discuss that. Um, but that's sort of the like pat legal landscape that people are pointing to when they mean vigilante justice. Now this is a little bit more <laughs> extreme. This is, this is Batman. I don't know if this is Batman or if this is bat. No. <laughs> you have to bleep me out on that one. Um, I like that. I was like, where are you going with this? I didn't know if I could say it. I don't know if I could say it, but uh Anyway, so yeah, so there's the, the the concept of vigilante justice like goes against not just statutes and in the, in the Constitution in terms of like due process, but sort of like the societal compact. Yeah, <laughs> like something more like foundational and philosophical, right? That goes like beyond like just the law, right? Yeah. And uh, there was a judge that had it that had a quote, uh, the, Judge David Peoples, who I think struck down the Texas law in district court found that this approach, which anti-abortion groups saw as its greatest strength in, 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 preventing, in preventing abortions, he said that it unconstitutionally granted standing to those who were not injured, denied due process, and represented an unlawful delegation of enforcement power to a private person. And those are three great distinct points, right? Normally, like, standing is a huge legal issue. Mm-hmm. In this case, Kane, for example, funnily enough, like, he, he is not the criminal victim. He, the, his son is. So technically, I mean, in a criminal case, the victim doesn't have standing. They do have what are called victim's rights, which I'll get into later. But standing in a criminal case is not really a thing because, again, the person who is suing is the government, and it's, it's totally different. In the civil case, as you alluded to, which apparently now Kane is suing 
Harry, mm-hmm. in civil courts on behalf of his son. In that case, okay, there is a little workaround with standing because his son's four, mm-hmm. right? Like parents can bring bring suits for their son. But normally you wouldn't be able to. So it's normally you're you, you see, like Batman, right? Um, he doesn't have standing to pursue justice on behalf of all these adult victims. So that that's one issue. The judge also raised the, the due process issue, um, which just implicates the fact that there is a criminal process that is established and imperfect as it certainly is, it has been established in our system of jurisprudence. And so it is what it is. And if we like just try to go all willy nilly with it, total anarchy <laughs> if, if we allow people to do it their own way, right? Yeah, cats and dogs living together. <laughs> and then finally, he points to this unlawful delegation of enforcement power to a private person, which is not really a separation of powers concern, but it's just like a, I don't know. It's an intuitive problem. Let's just put it that way, right? Yeah, we leave it to the government to enforce prosecuting sex crimes with good with good reason. <laughs> That's a bunch of concerns that, that are, are valid for anti, you know, the reason we don't have vigilante justice laws, although apparently now we, we have some form of them in the form of citizen enforcement provisions. Yeah, I, well, I want to ask you as a lawyer, mm-hmm. because this this case has garnered a significant amount of attention. Um, there have been, you know, hashtag free cane, mm-hmm. uh, free cane t-shirts, uh, people showing up at court, just, you know, all this stuff. As a lawyer, do you worry about, like, if he did it, him being acquitted because of the nature of what he was seeking mm. revenge for? As in, will the jury be swayed? I mean, presumably this is going to be a jury trial. Will the jury be swayed by... Yeah. But are you asking if the jury will be swayed by the media and the press and the people? If the, or, or if the jury would be like, hell yeah, I would have done that too. Mm-hmm. Well, that is... <laughs> That is, you know, not unique to his case. Like, that happens sometimes, right? Uh, and not just because, uh, hell yeah, I would have done that too, but but because of any kind of jury bias, right? Like, let's say that the criminal defendant is black, which often happens, and the jury is, like, largely white, and there's all these other kinds of biases that are involved in any kind of j- jury polling. Mm-hmm. You want the most, un- ideally, want the most unbiased jury possible that's representative of a demographic of your peers and just also, you know, not swayed, and uh, juries are, they try to keep them out of outside influence, but of course, this kind of media press, like, when people are on the steps of the court, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see a good workaround for this, for that system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What can you do? Right. Yeah, that yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, that's what law that's a crucial part of law and order is is that, that we put faith in jurors to not be swayed in these undue ways. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's also hard because let's say I don't know what was going through Kane's head. Maybe he didn't trust the criminal justice system to do justice. And 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 to be fair, like a criminal trial of Harry, maybe if it resulted in a fair what what Kane considers a fair jail sentence for Harry, well what does Kane get it out mm-hmm. of? Right? Like how is Kane getting restitution for either himself or his son, emotionally, physically, whatever, psychologically. There are there are there are laws out there federally and statewide that are sort of like victims' rights laws. Like um, namely there's two key federal laws, the Crime Victims' Rights Act and the Victims of Crimes Act sound like the same thing. Maybe they're very similar, but the the point is these laws are really to protect largely 
victims of crimes protect their rights of not what not what Kane's looking for. They protect victims' rights to like be informed of proceedings and events, to attend proceedings to be heard, right? Um, for like the due process, like for the proceedings to be free from unreasonable delay, and also things like privacy and protection from intimidation and harassment. I don't think Kane is necessarily afraid of himself getting intimidated and harassed. Yeah. Dude's an MMA guy, right? Two-time heavyweight champion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure, he might be afraid of his kid getting further harassed. But ironically, it's interesting to think about do defendants have these same rights and protections from the laws? Do defendants have the rights to be protected from harassment uh, mm-hmm. and privacy when they are awaiting a proceeding? I don't know that they have laws like that out there. But but none of these laws really give proper restitution to mm-hmm. uh, to the victim. Now, there is restitution that can be ordered in a criminal proceeding for a victim. Yes. That, that, that is... Yep. That though that happens, but it's but it's I don't know that it necessarily happens in cases like this. So when is restitution ordered? Okay, it'll be in cases when the court thinks it's necessary for rehabilitation. If it's needed to make the victim whole, or if there's like clear financial losses that are related to the crime. So obvious cases are like theft or fraud, right? The court can direct the defendant to pay back the amount stolen, right? Um, mm-hmm. Certain offenses also in certain states have mandatory restitution and those will sometimes include things like sexual assault or child abuse or child sex abuse, even domestic violence and drunk driving and hate crimes and things like that. But who is eligible for restitution? Well, it's usually the direct victims, right? Like the person who got robbed, right? The person here, it's the kid, right? Now, indirect victims can get restitution if there's like, let's say there's a homicide. Well, the surviving family members of the murder victim are eligible to receive restitution in that sense. And sometimes third parties, if there was like a life insurance policy, sometimes the defendant will have to pay the insurance company. And then there's some victimless crimes like fraudulent identification, like possessing a fake ID or something like that, right? If you have a fake ID that isn't someone else's ID, like if you're a John Doe and there is no John Doe, well, then you can't pay John Doe if he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So then in that case, sometimes the restitution is paid to the government in the theory in some jurisdictions that the government and society at large would be considered the victim of these victimless crimes. So sometimes you'll see a defendant ordered to reimburse the agency for their expenses that they spent on investigating the crime, things like that. But generally the expenses that restitution, if ordered, would cover is like, okay, funeral expenses if there's a homicide. If someone got injured and missed work due to it or because they missed work due to having to participate in trial and court proceedings, they can be ordered to pay lost wages. Um, Obviously, medical expenses or even counseling expenses, like mental health expenses or counseling for victims' families in in homicide cases. And then, of course, lost or damaged property, as I alluded to earlier, right? Um, If there's any, any kind of theft that's easily returnable, quantifiable, Sometimes specialized cleanup if there's like a bloody crime scene in someone's house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or any any kind of other direct out-of-pocket expenses. But in cases like this where you have a something that is that is for sure a crime, but you're, you know, you, you, as a father, how can you recover for all of the emotional and physical trauma that your son potentially allegedly went through and that you as a father and a family went through? Well, that is ripe for a civil suit, mm-hmm. right? It is much easier. Well, I'm not saying it's easy. But it is much more common and clear for someone to allege uh, damages, quantify monetary amount 
for any kind of injury, whether it's physical, psychological, and even if it has the basis to be a crime, like here, to bring those damages in a civil suit rather than get compensation in the forms of restitution from the government doing its thing through the criminal. And also not missing your child growing up because you're in jail for years and years and years. Yeah. So that was really my question. Like, (laughs) I hope that Cain, did he think to bring a civil suit first and was like, nah, this is going to take too long. I don't know. But if only he had done it in the reverse order, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let the loss. I mean, we don't, I mean, to be be clear, I'll play the role of Joe Fabush here. Okay. To be clear, (laughs) we are not recommending that if your lawsuit fails that you then pursue vigilante justice. You still do not. We're not saying... The reverse order is the reverse order is also is bad. Recommended. Um, the the one order is the one step lawsuit process. This is not legal advice. This is the one correct order. Folks, like we said, the system ain't perfect, but it's what we got. What we got. Use it. And that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Find Laws Don't Judge Me. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Check the show notes for related content. And if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at findlawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com. 